Uh, hi, Nista. Hi, Ryan. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank you so much for uh, doing. Th- I mean, thank you so much for doing this. I mean, uh, I know we plan to do it over, uh, you know, in person, but uh, because of uh, various reasons, we could not. Uh, but I'm so happy to do this with you on. The, I mean, over the over the air or on call. Uh, you're my first guest who I'm doing it on call, so it's it's a learning experience for me as well. great so it's always a first time and yeah thank you for so much for taking it on uh, on the on the internet i mean uh, i mean i would have loved to catch up with you personally but so be it yeah i have only seen you via anyways it doesn't matter let's uh, <laughs> so uh, so actually i wanted to start with uh, i know if i if i you know stop me if i'm wrong but so currently you are a product and user insights head at uh, at qmath yeah Yeah, that's correct. Right. So, so we'll get to that. I mean, so that's in twenty twenty one. Ah, but maybe. Um. So I, maybe I want to start off with uh, your engineering days. Um, sure. Um. So if I if I if I mean if my research is correct, I mean if I what I've read is correct. Um. So going into engineering days, uh, at least what I've seen on your activities on your engineering days, you uh, were mostly focused on, uh, you know, I think you were in the editorial board, and then uh, you also organized a TED event. Uh, so going in, like, what was your? Uh, I mean, did you have an idea of what you wanted to do post engineering, or, um, or, or I mean, the reason I'm asking this is, uh, did you folk? I mean. did you, did you only want to do, did you want to do mostly management in engineering or uh, maybe you can talk a little bit about you know yeah, your pro, sure. your thought process and yeah okay uh, i mean the first instance where i remember uh, what i really wanted to do was when i was a 5 year old kid and it was when uh, i was at my nanny's place uh, uh, today also i am at my nanny's place by the way and uh, that's grandmother uh, it's maternal grandmother and basically i was just making a shop of all the items and i had made a pass every time she had to cross the kitchen or she had to use something she had to ask items from me for which i charged some money <laughs> okay <laughs> that's that's why i realized there really like business and i always wanted to get into business and you know when people used to say we want to do this and that i mean i think for a small time in between i thought i might be a astronaut when i was very influenced by kalpana chavla but uh, otherwise and also because i loved physics but otherwise i've always thought that you know i'll be in management and some day probably following uh, indra noyes footsteps so uh, when i went into engineering it was mostly because i wanted to stay with very sharp minds people who were very structured and you know uh, it was in 11th when i decided uh, i mean i could have gone to commerce because i wanted to be in management but in 11th i decided that you know i want to be near people who have really organized their life and really cracked an exam which was very difficult which means they'll be very structured and determined and i wanted to be near such people such that i can influence my life because in the end you influence by your life with people who are around you right so mm-hmm. going to engineering was more like i want to stay near people who are uh, people who are actually thriving hustling every day and you know they are structured and you know learning from them and their comp- healthy competition is always good so that's what i did but uh, as as soon as i went into engineering i realized you know this is not my play first of all i think uh, i mean i made a decision of but, choosing electronics not uh, computer science but i guess it was 
uh, I mean, I didn't enjoy electronics and I think, I don't know whether I would have enjoyed computer science also or not, but I didn't enjoy engineering as much. And that's why I started involving myself in all the activities because in the end, I knew my aim was to get near management. In fact, I never sat for core interviews, which were near, uh, for the engineering branch. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I was doing. I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do in my engineering days. And back then, you know, uh, by Combinator and everything was not very famous. So, so, so what, so, so what is back in the day? I'm sorry. Yeah. Like what is like, which, what, what year are we in like, I mean, at this point? We are in 2007. 2007. Okay. Okay. I mean, 2007 iPhone also was, I think iPhone launched in 2007. Okay. Anyways. So this, this is a time when, you know, we, we, we hadn't really figured out, uh, whether, uh, I mean, it was not as crazy as it is at this moment where you see, uh, you know, when I'm talking to people, uh, from colleges trying to hire interns, I, I could see how much, you know, the startup craze has gone. <laughs> And that was not the case at that time. And uh, so we were just, I was just figuring it out. And, uh, you know, that's why I was a part of a consulting club or, you know, uh, a, a part of, a member of the founding team of TEDx. It was the first event that happened in NSID. Uh, my college was a part of uh, DTU, Delhi Technological University. And uh, basically, um, it's, it's under D- uh, Delhi University. It's a central uh, college. And... Uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, I was just trying a few things, I guess, uh, just figuring it out what I really wanted to do. Yeah. Oh, uh, Would you, I mean, uh, do you consider yourself, I mean, do, uh, I mean, do you, would you consider yourself as a, as an engineering person? I mean, um, in the sense that I'm not, trying to, I'm not, I'm not able to phrase this right. Um, so there is an engineering mindset, right? And then, then there is this management mindset. I mean, you know, in the sense that, um, at least in my definition, uh, on the be extroverted, uh, your math skills wouldn't be like so sharp and everything, um, like an, an analytical analytical skills wise. Um, would you where where do you place yourself in 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 that, or do you even agree with my uh, categorization? I'm not really sure if I agree with it because um, I don't know. I mean, uh, I would say that I don't have very sharp mathematical skills or analytical bend of mind, but I did have a different creative analytical bend. I mean, uh, uh, and I always uh, fancied myself doing a very creative problem-solving job. Okay. Now, uh, so I do see myself as having a structured brain, and I, that's why I always wanted to be near people who were... Uh, People who were structured, good planners, good planners of time, diligent, sincere, and also good at math. I mean, I was not bad at math. Uh, I was not bad at physics. I was better at physics, though. And I was not, and I think physics is, uh, the base is math. What, so, what made you, sorry, uh, what made you, like, not pursue the physics part? Like, was there, a, was, was there, like, I mean. Yeah, I was very extrovert. I didn't really want to sit behind a system thinking about different theories, but I wanted to talk to people and figure out, uh, you know, uh, I, I just, I had this mental image in my mind where I could be talking about my ideas and, you know, implementing things for a large set of people and, uh, you know, really influencing and changing somebody's life. And that needed people to be around. So I mm-hmm. guess that when I decided, you know, management is, I mean, that is when it got clearer, even though it was a childhood uh, 
dream but it got clearer that that is a path that i would like to pursue more okay did you uh, in those days like as we just uh, discussed like i mean um in in 2007 09 07 to 10 or 11 um you know the startup craze is not as i mean it wasn't um uh, you know as crazy as these days um uh, but did you have uh, a thought of maybe starting your own business or did 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 you did you think about these things or or you know or was this was this kind of thinking not so like you know dominant in in those times honestly i didn't have that thinking uh, i mean uh i mean i fancied myself occupying a very uh, good executive job but never owning up a business that that craze or at least that that thing was not within me but to say that it was not there uh in people around uh, that would be wrong i mean i knew people who were interested to start their own things in fact i also uh joined uh, one company of a friend who were uh, you know we used to do customized t-shirts and we did this for many colleges so i was actually leading their complete sales so uh, i did that and i you know the the first thing that i asked it was i want to perform the title so yes <laughs> okay. i mean uh, because i really felt like i could actually take that company somewhere i mean that is i think uh, you know without experience somebody speaking out of passion but at that point i don't think i really wanted to start something but i always felt that i could make some impact in any business okay um so um let's move on to your maybe final days of engineering um hmm. so now you've i mean you have done various things during engineering um you know you've managed a few people uh you've also seen things around you um and so what is i i wanted to understand what your thought process at the final stage fine at the final year of engineering what what are you thinking about um have you i mean is there a particular decision you've made about how you want to move forward into the job market or you know what kind of career you want to approach um looking back obviously now you, you're working uh with products and you know um you know a lot about uh, how to handle a product how to you know design or whatever i mean uh, but back then obviously you probably didn't know or did you so maybe you can walk us through that uh, thought process so last uh, year of engineering was very very exciting i mean i was uh, uh, i had tried my hands over a few things like made business plan you know made through some uh, competition of economics i was trying like tedx i was trying managing things but i you know somehow i had in the back of my mind that i want to start marketing you know because i saw marketing was the the arm where it influence a lot of people and uh, the whole idea that i wanted to do was to influence a lot of people that was always there and uh, i guess uh, you know it make made even more sense when i was giving this interview for this company which was completely electronics okay electronic sales so mm-hmm. it was uh, it was national instruments and you know this was a group discussion where uh, i i um, you know i was in a room where there they were like around 10 males two females and the topic that was given was cricket and we had to do a group discussion on cricket and I, i frankly i don't know much about cricket uh i mean i know a little more now but i didn't know much about cricket then and i mean i had to just mold the discussion i realized you know uh, the discussion was going where you know, they were really talking in depth of cricket and 
that is where where i started talking about cricket uh, advertisements and then i started talking about cricketers doing advertisements and then i started talking about advertising as an industry and then they changed the whole topic to how advertising is changing the face and how celebrities are basically uh, you know the whole celebrity thing in advertising is how india is actually rolling advertising so that is when i realized you know i really want to pursue something in marketing initially mm mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, i mean i didn't sit for any inter- uh, i mean i didn't i don't remember sitting for any interviews which were in core uh supporting so uh, sciences i don't i don't think i sat for even so there were only few companies that i sat for some of them were consulting did you yeah, uh did you uh, so one thing one thing was clear in your mind or at least i'm assuming is so you did not want to do higher ed is it i mean you had no plans of going into academia or like you know maybe a masters or something like that so you had no plans of that i was thinking of preparing for cat uh, i mean but uh, not very diligently i really thought that i wanted to see the world out there i mean i didn't want to study more i really just wanted to see the world out there and you know uh, that's what i chose i chose to work okay um i i just want to before we move on i just wanted to um, touch upon the group discussion part i mean now i think uh, you have reached a stage where you are also recruiting a lot of people uh, i even i have seen a lot of people getting into group discussions i mean on an interview level what is your opinion on like the effectiveness of group discussions do they really i mean is there any no. co- do you do you see any correlation between somebody doing well in a group discussion and then you know on job performance like what is your thoughts on that and maybe on an interview process as whole maybe if you had any thoughts so a group discussion would be a good measurement only for freshers but not so much for uh, you know people who are one year two years experience as well because a group discussion is hounded by a person who speaks the most not the person who has the best ideas um mm-hmm. it tends to because generally uh, people don't have civil group discussions people overtake this i mean we've never taught i think uh, when we are in colleges we have never really taught how to be ready for the job markets so uh, mostly right. how discussions used to happen in college were people just you know just interjecting in between and uh, you know just have to introduce another point which really doesn't make sense and uh, which uh, doesn't even add value to the discussion i mean uh, i guess take my case i mean i did the same actually at that point i mean uh, just that i really wanted to talk about advertising i introduced this point but yeah i did talk about how cricketers were doing that but i mean so i guess the better way is amazon's way the way amazon actually selects candidate or um, you know the the whole interview uh, process is based on leadership principles it tests out different experiences of uh, people and if you ask me how i interview people i generally go into talking about their experience and then make them solve the same problem again by actually understanding what was the problem that they were trying to solve and then structuring how they would go about it and then i figure out how the person is actually thinking but in but, but that depends on role to role like i mean what do you need group discussions will help you identify a passionate candidate may not be a very well structured candidate so really depends on what you're looking for probably for a role which needs enthusiasm in the start and that's why i said freshers initially uh, mm-hmm. you need to show more enthusiasm and then you can be molded in the way the you know with 
because you don't have any experience, so you can be molded in that way. But now a lot of freshers are choosing a uh, APM jobs as well, and for that you need a very structured thinking. So if you ask me whether this should be used as uh, a tool to check uh, and get APMs, uh, not really. So it depends on the job completely. For example, the coding interviews they they are exactly how they should be. I mean, they could be structured better. But they are exactly how they should be. They they should be testing the skills of the candidates. So it really depends on the skills that you are testing for. So group discussions can work good for starting jobs in uh you know marketing or in sales, business development, but only starting roles. After that, uh, I don't think group discussions are really good tools for selecting candidates. And in fact, then also there are better tools to select candidates than to have group discussion. You really tend to miss out good candidates just because of a good discussion. Mm-hmm. I just want uh, okay. I just want to ask you a quick question. That, uh, what is your what is your thought on just taking candidates based on IQ? Like, I mean, if you if you just had one, like, if you just if you if you could just uh, um, evaluate or you know pick candidates based on IQ, would you do that or? Not really. I mean, not everybody who has a good IQ is very good at execution. uh having iq doesn't give having iq can make you a good planner on paper but not a good executor in actual for uh, i think uh, i was reading this book called uh, learned optimism um and that book says that you know to be successful in anything you need three traits it's talent uh, uh desire and hope so talent is what is equivalent to iq here okay in your question but mm-hmm. desire and hope is still needed to do a job so i guess i mean the just the iq would be a wrong basing for that decision theek hai um i just uh, i just want to stay here a little longer um so my final um you you spoke about structured thinking a lot i mean uh, you brought it up uh, i just wanted to understand to what uh, degree do you think uh, you know college education or school education college education helps in in developing uh, you know that structured level of thinking or is it um, um, yeah yeah what what are your thoughts on that i mean, I mean uh, being being in edtech this topic is closer to my heart than you know how you landed up with the topic it's e- even more closer to my heart than uh, then this i guess uh, it's not at all uh, uh, you know helpful to actually develop a structure it is helpful to understand that there's a plan but somebody else makes a plan for you you can't do that somebody else tells you what to read so you can't really evolve to understand your choices i think most people in india even when they are in uh, you know uh, in you know 11th or 12th high school basically they are not clear whether what they want to do actually and mm-hmm. people like me they are still figuring out i mean i'm still figuring out on my way on my journey about what i really want to do but i guess you know i'm on a path where it takes me nearer to a customer that's where i feel that i'm going closer to and uh, so yeah so to answer your question i think i read this book called uh, toto chan it's very famous sorry it's not very famous but it's it's a very beautiful book from a japanese author it's about a very different alternate school of thought of education and um, it's it's about a japanese girl uh she is gifted and special and uh, she is basically she she really cannot understand the 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 way the normal curriculum in schools are structured and mm-hmm. she is not able to uh, 
she is not able to uh, go with the class in terms of her learning and is not able to apply any concepts as well not able to get any concepts and that is when she is introduced to a very interesting school which is very practical so the school has classes in school has classes in gardens they are having classes in parks and uh, you know uh, this school uh, they teach you by you know you can make models you can uh, you can you can just do the way you want to structure your day at the school it's almost like somebody is actually choosing the way they want to learn throughout and they evolve into what they really want to do as well so i guess that was very early influence for me i mean i read it in 6th grade i was i um, i think i have been privileged to have an education uh in a school uh, like i mean i mean i read in bal bharti and uh, you know there was a different english curriculum that we had then uh, cbse or icse till mm-hmm. at least 8th grade and for that i read a lot of classics and a lot of, lot of books uh and i got a lot of book readers award as well because of that i guess so um yeah that book was very nice to help me understand that this is not the education that we need so no i think there is much room to go and in fact qmath for example the the company that i'm working on right now just a little word about it i mean the qmath is based on queuing so it's like the aristotelian way of teaching so people say, i mean if you are just doing rote learning you can never learn so how qmath goes about it is basically uh, you know how aristotle taught uh, uh, which was basically by questioning so the kids are actually given questions and when they actually are stuck they can ask a concept and the teacher just gives a cue they just give hints so i think it's nearer to the direction of how education should evolve into should be into something where you can learn by doing and you can choose your path as well and it is not necessary only in stem subjects i'm not just talking about stem subjects people can also evolve into like why should arts be seen as a lesser priority to some other subjects I guess mm-hmm. a lot has to be done here. Um, I promise we'll move on. I just have one more question on that. Um, so, um, you mentioned two books. Uh, are you like an avid reader, or do you like read a lot? Um, I used to. I'm trying to get it back. I mean, I'm right now reading a book called A Gentleman in Moscow. <laughs> I just started okay. it. Yeah, I'm not an avid reader. Uh, I'm an avid consumer of content for sure. like i consume a lot of content whether it's books or blogs i do that uh, and i've started once again getting back my reading habit i mean an academy really helped me in doing that gorov uh, used to always give us assignments on reading books and uh, i mean that's where i started once i mean i used to read a lot till my 10th grade and after that i lost that touch and it took me 10 years to get back to it so it was last year and pandemic when i had a lot of time as well Uh, I guess I started reading again. Okay. Um. Since uh, since we already reached a place where uh, you we've discussed an academy uh and a little bit of ed space. Uh, I just want to maybe go a little deeper here, and then maybe we can continue our discussion on what you did post uh, graduation. Um. So maybe you can tell us what is you know ed tech and uh, what is the educational space online, and maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah sure but it's so vast I don't know how to actually talk about it. Oh <laughs> uh, maybe you can give it uh the I mean maybe you can approach it from your perspective only like uh, from the from the lens that you see it. Okay uh sure. 
so uh, yeah so just uh, i guess um, when it comes to india edtech is based on what so i i think edtech or anything in the market right now is based on what the market needs it's like a product market fit right what the market speaks the market gets that's a product market fit that is happening right now and uh, in india for example uh, and in china there's a lot of uh, need of test prep because there's a huge competition because of the kind of population there is and the competitive exams there are so there is a huge base of test prep organizations along with that because china is an economy which is not english and a lot of chinese move to commonwealth nations uh, so there are startups in languages as well uh, but a lot of startups in uh, homework and uh, in doubt solving space because of uh, uh because of the credits which are important in their classes and because uh, uh you know uh, chinese and indians really give a lot of thought to in class in school learning so the most startups in india and chinese space are based on uh the output matrix which are majorly about your marks majorly about how you how well you are performing and most people are really ready to invest into an external education for their child because there is so much competition because of the population that you know every parent feels that my kid should get the best they should be able to survive the competition mm-hmm. but see that's that's i mean that's not the case with say us or that's not the case with uh, say uh, uh, even europe uh for that matter uh, i mean these markets are very a little different i would say because here uh the parents uh, i mean at least the parents which are native to those countries they care about both uh, extracurricular activities along with uh, school learning so it's not uh, saying that sat is not important is not saying that college education is not important and the competition is not there there are uh, companies which are based there as well but uh, there's a healthy balance of companies which are also helping in extracurricular uh, learning for example in debates uh, for example in skills for example in history and uh, music for that matter for arts for that matter so um i guess uh, how i see this space is how the market has actually evolved right and i think in the end the market is dependent on how how i mean like as i told you it's according to the population people are fighting for getting the right job because in the end population is only justifying a metric of how the person is going to end earn in the society and then we end up with the question of that this is the way that we earn like on our skills on how we learn what degrees do we have so mm-hmm. there's a lot of questions on the way <laughs> that have to be solved whether yeah. this is the way the society has to uh, come but till the time uh, edtech will keep evolving as the market needs it um you know sometimes there are companies which come which evolve into what the market really needs but doesn't show but right. they are very few yeah which are game changing Which... sorry uh, sorry sorry so uh, if i if i understand correctly both unacademy and qmath kind of fall into the edge space right yes okay okay so there is a lot of a lot to unpack there but maybe we'll come back to this uh, a little later um so so post your engineering days uh, so you you finished engineering days and then 
uh if i'm not wrong the the t-shirt thing that you spoke about a little earlier that happened in your engineering days itself right yeah that's correct okay and so if i understand also correctly then you went on to uh join evalue serve or if i'm pronouncing that right yeah it's evalue serve yes i did okay uh so uh you were a analyst there right a business analyst yeah that's correct okay uh maybe you can talk a little bit about maybe you can talk about the experience there and you know how and like after that your move to jabong if i'm not wrong sure so i mean evaluserve was a company i mean i'm fortunate uh, that i joined evaluserve uh, i was i was vying for some consulting firms but then evaluserve happened and i mean i also left few consulting firms because uh, i just wanted the best of the lot and i think i don't regret any decision i mean i moved with evaluserve which which is in fortune 500 companies and i got a chance to work with fortune 50 companies so it was oh. early exposure to a lot of research that i did so i was working as an analyst and i did a lot of analytics projects and research projects and that made me talk to a lot of customers as well in some of the projects so for example in one of the companies i was working with a worldwide strategy director and they were looking for how to really um, evolve the space uh, in india and how to really position their product in india and for that i had to do a lot of primary research as well that made me talk to a lot of people um i mean that was an interesting assignment and there were few more which were very interesting but what i really realized was that uh, i mean i chose evaluation because it would give me a very diverse input of all the industries and that i got i mean i worked in telecom i worked in it i worked in tech i worked in oil and gas i worked in fmcg i worked with a lot of companies in these spaces and they were all fortune 100 fortune 200 right and mm-hmm. uh, after that i was i was you know i was i realized all the free time that i was getting i was maintaining this small journal of startup ideas that i really wanted to work on someday and you know uh, i mean uh, work was uh, good it was easy so and i mean this was how my day used to go is like i used to spend 4 hours uh, probably doing my work 2 hours on searching on startups and reading startup news tech news and then 2 hours on probably you know socializing with friends and you know reading something else or uh, yeah like that or maybe working out or something like that so that's how i i mean it was good days i i don't know if evaluation guys are you know um hearing this uh, i mean i guess i still did my work so, so okay and then one day ad hit the tv okay and this was jabong's ad then and it was very famous ad it, i think it, i mean it's talked about in both bad ways and good ways this was this girl who saw uh, a a sale and she just goes mad and this was the first ad that jabong hit uh on the tv and uh, that is when the startup craze was coming and i was like i mean i really want to interview with startups i really want to go and work on my own and i don't want to work for other companies i really want to see how i can influence uh customers i how can i influence other people around how can my ideas actually go into fast deployment not just suggestions you know to strategy directors or sales directors across world i really wanted to do those things myself so yeah that's yeah sorry sorry about that um yeah so so if i understand so we are at jabong right now right i mean right so you've reached jabong at this point um 
maybe you can t- walk us through um you know what you did at jabong um your biggest takeaways and then your transition into rahlat maybe sure uh, i mean i i really love my journey of jabong this was this was entering from a company which was a corporate into you know a a decent sized company but it was very fast moving so i really really liked it i mean uh, when i moved to jabong it was a floor uh it was three floors and uh, you know uh, i just met the team and this team used to solve problems actual customer problems so we were working through a lot of customer complaints and you know this was a team um there were around eight people in the team and this team used to directly report to the ceo and this team uh, it was solving problems for customers post payments so everything from you know order dispatch to delivery to timelines to customer experience to nps to fulfillment cost to everything like that mm-hmm. and you know how we did that was we we were actually reading a lot of complaints for customers and we were we were basically talking to a lot of heads like vertical heads like uh, for example the operations head the warehouse head the logistics head we were talking to the business unit heads and we were basically implementing projects across supply chain so any project that used to go in the company used to go through this team so it was a very uh, how do i say it was i think it is the one of the best experience somebody can live at that point of their time uh, it was just the start of the startup world and i got a chance to work with a team which actually evolved products like we launched express delivery we launched next day delivery we launched order tracking when amazon didn't have order tracking and for that for solving all that we really needed to do a lot of research and thinking we were always on the whiteboard making process maps making product maps making how to change the erp how to change the crm so that was a very early exposure for me to the products and it was an early exposure for me to actually start putting my thinking hat i mean i used to spend like uh, from morning 10 am till 9 pm in the office and frankly didn't really get tired at all because we were thinking always all the time and these type of churchas they were actually to discuss you know problems that startups were facing why is this delivery time taking so much why do we have trucks only leaving at this time why can't we do uh, you know deliveries in two days why uh, why companies really company models actually worked why this business model is better than the other i think those friends i retain even now the jabong friends i still uh, retain them it was the, one of the best lots that i have met one of the best folks that i have met very full of enthusiasm all of them are across world doing something great like so 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 what year was this in oh, i mean this was this was 2013 to 15 oh okay um and this was your first exposure to product as you said yeah this was my first exposure to product i mean i was reading about startups but this was the time i was doing things i was actually doing things and imagine somebody with 2 years or 3 years of experience trying to convince who's a warehouse head trying to convince a customer care head and trying to convince a logistic head and you know me probably on the third day of my job sent a mail to logistic head saying uh, it is because of the way you transport like this because you're not putting fragile stickers that we are getting fragile complaints <laughs> so mm-hmm. it was, so it was a it was it was a good exposure of understanding that hierarchy is there but you know you can change even without the hierarchy you can change a lot of things in the system and that was that was because of the te- the, the way the team was formed 
so i guess thanks to praveen and you know my uh, my super boss pratik basically the way thought they thought about the team because it really led us to do a lot of changes in the system and it is one of the best works that i have done till date um, and a lot of good things came out of it for example our nps changed like around 13 percentage points sorry what is in, and uh, what is nps score it's basically to measure how likely a customer is to uh, you know how how much a customer is happy so how likely a customer is to promote the, your product with somebody else so, so it's even more bigger format of liking when somebody starts promoting your product right and mm-hmm. our nps scores in a service industry rose to near 72 to 73% so that was that was very very exhilarating time i would say that's the word exhilarating i really like that work so is it is it fair to say uh, so since this was your first product exposure uh, di- is it fair to say at this point did you realize that you know y- you probably want to uh, go down this path and you know only, maybe only focus on product related um um jobs or you know uh, was this th- i mean did you get to charity be to be honest i mean i think most people did but i didn't somehow i didn't really relate that what i really liked about this job was solving the problems that i was facing what i still saw was that i was solving problems for the customers and then you know i had in my mind that a business owner is somebody who knows the end to end problems of the customer and they would have the end to end stake to really solve problem so i really wanted to move in the business head direction that's what i had seen do uh, business had uh, you know doing and i really want i felt like you know they are the one who are actually making the business so they they are basically closest to customers and they are solving real world problems so some of my friends actually went into product but i basically chose a path into marketing after that i moved into category marketing and i moved into jobong for category marketing and uh, i guess that clarity that you know products is what i wanted to do was not there then and i think uh, you know uh, it's still not there i mean i i'm sure what i do is i like and uh, if you ask me do i want to do product i mean for the near future for the foreseeable future for the next i think many years i see myself doing that but uh, i think my clarity was always like i want to be near to the customer i mean like uh, ask me any day even at the start of my career what i wanted to do i just want to work for the customers so Sorry. so that's what i thought i mean i'm moving into marketing and you know i'm moving into business so i'll be nearer to the customer so i maybe i think this is a good time where maybe you can uh, uh, tell us what is maybe you can tell us the distinction between a product head and a business head because you bought out that distinction and maybe it's best to clear it out because i think we'll be moving ahead in either one of those yeah so see it depends on the business head as a title is very loosely used in the industry it could mean multiple things a business head in a company would be different from a responsibility of a business head in b company well let's talk about a real business head somebody who owns the supply the distribution the complete product offering if that is a business head then that person is also a product owner because they are actually owning the complete product so that would be somebody like a founder of the company or a founder of a one arm of a business of a company i think anacademy gave me that exposure because i was building that category from scratch it was completely like supplied uh, distribution it was completely like setting the value offering as well and at at that point i became it became very clear that i really wanted to get deep into product uh, but the distinction 
is uh, generally how business head is loosely used in the industry. Most people also use this title for sales heads. That mm-hmm. is a very vertically aligned term. So basically, what a sales head generally does is they're responsible for targets, clear targets, numbers, and that's like a daily churn, like a daily number that they have to uh, basically achieve in order to achieve the end target. So it's it's a very vertical focused job and. Uh, the major work in that role would be to of course grow the business to meet the targets so a lot of the so how i would say the time is based is like probably 80% of your time would be going into building the daily business numbers and for that doing business development activities which are also short term projects it could be one month or two months long but are short term projects but uh, but that's the sales head i'm talking about not the business head so and then 20% would be thinking about the product improvements that you can do thinking about the process improvements that you can do which could be business improvements in the end internally or externally that could get you more business but a product head on the other hand is actually actively thinking about the users on day mm-hmm. in day out and they are faced with several different problems so the the whole diversity of uh, the problems and the kind of things that a product head does was something that really excited me so a product head would be basically figuring out what is a user's problem uh and basically they are the spokesperson of the uh, user in the company for them they they safeguard the interest of the users and of course then make them meet the business targets so uh that is what a product head's role is they will basically be that person inside that company and it could be going against the founder's wish it could be going against the business head's wish because in the end if that doesn't align to what's users first interest that would not really align to the roadmap as well of a product roadmap of course all of these things are aligned in a roadmap to the business uh, potential uh, of things but the first thing for a product person is always the user story the user mindset the problem statement that we are solving for the user and that uh, is a difference so it is not a vertical uh job it's actually a person who is talking to several stakeholders in the company and getting a product through end to end by delivering and talking to several stakeholders like uh so a lot of these things but actively they are doing research so a lot of this would be pro- uh, problem discovery and then uh, once that discovery is done it comes to a problem prioritization and road mapping so it's it's a very diverse role many people say it's like a ceo's hat uh, you know you, you are actually ceo of a product because you can really think how to grow that i mean in some manners it's true but a product o- uh, head would never own the complete team they i mean the whole reason why a product head was made was because it's a different person so people would listen to him or her in the company so that's why the engineering team doesn't ever report to the product head because the uh, the engineering team is more likely to listen to somebody whom they are not reporting to as an external opinion and to get work done because then they would understand that there is no vested interest or they would understand that there's no pressure of losing a job of saying no and that is what a product head should always be ready for so it's basically a person who actually safeguards the interest of user by getting a product through Mm-hmm. do you have a favorite uh, product a uh, person um, i mean who you might have seen like release some amazing products or you know who who is a product person in the, who might be a major product person in the industry do you have someone like that 
I mean, uh, I think there are many product person and in essence, you know, you don't have to have technical products to really find a favorite product person. I mean, I really like Elon Musk just because of his first principle thinking. The things that he actually talks about, it's a, it makes a lot of sense, right? Uh, he actually questions the logic to the core. And I think there are many people uh, like me who really like Elon Musk in that manner because of the way he's a visionary. And that's what most product uh, heads really want to be. They want to be visionaries. Uh, they want to actually understand the core problem. And users don't tell you the problem. It's not like a user will tell you, you know, this is what is not working. be coming out from any other person okay i think there is some i think there is some lag in the audio uh, but i'm i'm really sorry for that uh, not sure why though um anyways um so um so at what point do you decide you want to move to you know rehalat and uh, what, the rational behind that decision maybe Sure. So, um, as I told you, I moved into category marketing in Jabong and it was very interesting. I mean, I like very, very interesting work also because I was working with brands like Nike, Puma, Adidas. And, you know, it was a very fun lifestyle. It was like meetings every other day and we were to do some alliance, some partnership with any brand and, you know, uh, Hello. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I heard you now, but before that, I only, I lost you at Alliance with various brands. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it was very, very fun. We were, we were, uh, how do I put it? We were flying uh, good flights. We were flying. Uh, we were, we were staying five stars. We were talking. We were cracking deals, and you know, on the face of it, it is like a very good life that you're living. You are actually going to celebrity events as well. But what I really lacked in that job was that I was not owning end-to-end PNL, and I really still thought that you know I I really thought that you know you I have to go as close as possible to being a business owner, uh, to basically be thinking about what the customer really needs. I I mean that's how you can actually really make an impact of that skill. I have to be a business head, and that's when Relat happened. I mean I decided I wanted to move as a business head. and that opportunity was very very um, very nice because it was a company which had literally zero bookings when i moved in and i was given a chance to move as a flights uh, business and product head at that part which made which meant that i would be taking all product decisions and i'll be taking all business decisions at least from the demand side so when i moved as a business head it was mostly from the demand side so you would say in traditional sense it's a sales head so it was a sales plus product profile but a lot of things that i did was to grow the complete business as well getting new products as well getting changing the way the product was to get mu- no more business as well like you know making the first wallet of uh, travel in middle east karam so i had to think about that and uh, you know uh, how to actually grow the bu- business from scratch you know which channels to prioritize which channels to sign and then which products to get once we started you know we we actually got to the top 5 positions of the market and it was a very good run i think uh, 
in one one and a half year we were able to reach the top five position in the market we had gained significant interest and then i was talking to a lot of partners how to grow, uh, you know grow my business more organically and uh, that is when i started emphasizing more on our app transactions on our you know figuring out if we can get a wallet program to increase our loyalty and retention rates and uh, so very exciting work and then you know get several uh, product changes as well for example in uh, you know holding your tickets your book booking uh, your uh, ticket and holding them for a certain date by paying a fee so se- several different products we were thinking about which can help us grow the business even services like for example you know tracking your bags once you lose them most people mm-hmm. offer insurance in the industry but in fact in middle east and if before india i uh, i actually started hunting for partners and i figured out this is a better product for customer where you can track the bags because you know nobody can place value of that one particular item which is in your bag even if you want to place that value you have given much thought to it and how do you place value to thought so i mm-hmm. you know, i thought that you know bringing a service like this would be better and you know we were doing all of these kind of changes and uh, i was given a cha- you know i was given a chance to lead the team for completely from product standpoint from ux standpoint from business standpoint so it was where i felt that i was most connected to customers i was talking to some customers as well i was figuring out what was going wrong what was going right so yeah um very very good experience and that's where i you know i really felt that this is a role where i need to be where i could get closest to customer so uh, you mentioned uh, uh, you know the payment um innovation on in middle east uh, i also know that uh, you went on to work at oyo for i think uh, for europe and latin america uh, maybe uh, i so what is your experience in i mean what is your thought of like i mean um as an indian approaching um uh, problems of different different countries and you know in your oyo rule different continents uh, you know the challenges and uh, um is there is that you have to do or, or or is it is it the same do you just follow the same uh principles that you always follow i think principles are always the same it is about understanding your market so i got the chance to visit all of these markets when it was europe when it was uh, i i went to mexico i went to spain i went to brazil and i mean it is more about understanding what the market needs so that's a business rule i mean even if you are in india say ahmedabad you will do a different business than karnataka right the market is different for example hotel owners in ahmedabad be- uh, de- behave differently than hotel owners in karnataka or in punjab so that mm-hmm. is how the market is so so the principles always remain the same hear the market see what they are asking give the give the power uh, give give that get that understanding and context from market and then execute the right uh, product for them and that is uh, you know it was a zero to one team for these markets and we were establishing uh, revenue teams on grounds and of course mexico was different brazil was different like brazil is very much like india it's like the jugar market as well uh, i think also because of the population but very very uh, fast paced folks and mexico is a different market it is uh, a little more like us more structured i mean not more like us but a little more structured and it's more like spain so mexico and spain are almost similar market and uh, you then us is a very different market so i guess uh, to answer your question 
how did i feel when i was actually approaching these markets i was a little you know initially i had uh, questions like will i be able to work with these people but i had early exposure to working with a lot of companies uh, in evalu serve as well which were from different markets i had already worked with european market with japanese market with us market um, so it was not so much i mean i knew in the end it is people and we need to speak for people and we need to understand the demand there in the market until the time we are listening to them the principles don't change the business is basically providing for the market okay uh, i i'm uh, i realized that we are almost out of time so i i, I won't uh, i'll probably i won't delve into your unacademy journey and qmat i think we can pick this up maybe you know some other time um for the last few i mean uh for the last you know few minutes i just want to spend on um on the product per se um what what do you think makes a good product person um what kind of skills do you think a product person um uh, should have or you know should develop uh, maybe we, you can talk a little bit about that uh, based on your experience as well sure um i think before anything a good product person is a good listener so okay most people uh, most product people you know who are not good don't listen to their customers don't really they are not they are not really engaged in getting feedback in getting running data in actually figuring out what's really going on so most product people are feature uh, you know build, building feature products they are products which are needed internally which you know are realized just at the end moment and they may not be the right solutions or they might be just quick fixes so a good product person is first a listener and then is a person who can actually listen and make that information synthesize and concise in a structured manner to realize what are the problems that actually the user is facing and once they are able to build that understanding themselves they are able to prioritize so so it is basically listening then structuring it is actually structuring the problem then actually sometimes coming up with creative solutions as well but it requires a lot of thinking and then understanding what might be required also so it is listening as a skill it is structured thinking it's uh, it also of course requires analysis a lot of analytics as well uh, you will be you can be doing data analysis you can be doing heat map analysis you can be doing screen recording checks you can be doing user text testing you can be doing uh, user feedback interviews you can be doing a lot of these kind of analysis in order to figure out what is the problem the user is facing a lot of uh, complaints analysis talking to a lot of owners inside the company understanding their problems talking to business owners talking to suppliers talking to a lot of uh, people around to figure out the right problems so first a listener then a person who actually structures those problems synthesizes them and then a little bit of creativity to find the right solution as well it's not necessary to find the right solution you can always structure the problem better to get the right solution sometimes you need creative hacks you know that last tiny bit is a creative hack for that you need to you know you can always improve that by reading a lot of things which are going around as well by talking to a lot of people and then the last thing is storytelling the best product person knows how to ensure that the users interest are safeguarded in the company by telling the story the way the other person was going to consume it wants to hear so in the end they will ensure the right products are 
you know prioritize in the road map so that means actually getting a lot of stakeholder buy in and for that you need to be a very good storyteller as well so you know that's why a pm's hat is like a jack of all trades you need to be- basically hone your skills in a lot of these things for example when you are talking to a marketer you need to know marketing as well you need to know business as well and you need to understand what are their goals but in the end safeguard the users uh goals basically the users problem has to be solved so that is a good product person it's basically a jack of all trades but somebody who is a good listener first then structured thinking uh, thinker and then you know a little bit of creativity i i know we are already out of time i just have last i just have two more questions um my uh, so the penultimate question would be uh, so um so uh, jobs so jobs is considered as a as a pro- as a proper product person i mean um, obviously yeah. with the with the with the mac and the ipod and the iphone and the, yes. and then the ipad he was definitely a product person uh, what is right. your what is your comment on uh, on tim cook i mean tim cook is not tradition i mean the major product uh, i mean i think is the apple watch uh, uh, apart from that he i mean even i think even jobs commented that you know tim was not really a product person uh, what is your what is your take on uh, what is your take on that and do you have any thoughts on that to be honest i don't really have much more thoughts than saying you know a product person is somebody who is a visionary so it's somebody who for example you remember steve jobs when they were uh, when he he basically made that uh, move into back into apple before he made that move back into apple when he was in next right he made that this black box cube of computer right, and right. all he cared about was that you know all the right angles are there it should not be 91 degrees it should be 90 90 90 everywhere right that's the level of detail he went to to ensure that it should look good to users eye and um, i was seeing this movie recently only of steve jobs and you remember this dialogue also that came in he said you know a coach and a first class lands on the same time but you still uh, like the first class right that uh, that's the level of user experience that you go to but but say say uh, tim cook i mean we are talking about marketing we are talking about how things are distributed we are talk- talking about what uh, right now can be a trend in a generation we are talking about how to read from other people and figure out you know if the market is changing like this i have to evolve the product whereas steve jobs he saw the future even before it was coming i mean he he thought about many uh ipod for example right. making making a product uh you know like a problem and so nobody is talking about it why do you have to carry a walkman that's actually really being closest to user and really wanting to solve a problem he didn't care about making money all he cared about was that he will make the best product for the user and it will work because we are making the best product for the user because user experience is the foremost thing so he really prioritized those things and that's why that's why the brand is where it is right now it's iconic because of his because of his wanting it so much so i guess that's a difference between a visionary and a good marketer you can be a good marketer and you can be a good salesman and you you can really take the company many places but to be really product thinker you have to see the problems day in day out even when you are talking to your friends even when you are talking to your daughter for that example and talking about 
music that they are consuming and thinking you know they are facing this big problem even when nobody is thinking about it and then saying why the fuck do you need to carry this product like this why can't i change it um on that note uh my last question to you last last question to you and i think this is a standard question i think i've asked this for the past three interviews is uh i think we started on 07 and we reached 21 uh what would be your biggest regret uh maybe um on any of the decisions that you might have made or you by commission or by omission is there any is there anything you'd like to share or are there no major regrets at all I guess I live a life of no regrets. I have no regrets at all. I I am very proud of the life that I've lived the way I have always chosen to live it that way. Uh no regrets, not at all. Uh I mean I love every moment which I spent, even the worst ones as well. Cause um I chose those paths and they were always my decisions. I never took somebody else's decisions. Inputs advisors for sure, but they were all my decisions. Okay. On that note, Anishta, uh, thank you so much for uh, 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 you know coming on, and uh, it's been it's been wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, and I hope you have a good day. Thank you, and yeah, let's talk about Kumar and Nana Academy some other time. Definitely. Uh, thanks, Anishta. Bye. See you. See you.